Element, you're listening to the Tashi Station Book Club, the bright center in the universe for science fiction and fantasy literature discussion. I'm your host, Nancy, and joining me this month is my good friend, Savannah, to discuss Ahsoka by E.K. Johnson. We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show. And welcome to the show, Savannah. Hi, Nancy. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm so excited. Savannah is my good friend and also known as the Dorky Diva. And want to tell people about your site and where they can find you on the internet? Yep. My website is just thedorkydiva.com. And over there, I talk about all things Star Wars. Um, I talk about costuming a lot. I talk about other fangirls and spotlighting them and what they love about Star Wars. And then I like to share my life and uh, just a little bit of what I like to do revolving around the Star Wars universe. And I just started my own podcast called The Dorky Diva Show, and that's on there as well. So, yeah. Nice. So thanks for coming on. We wanted you on because you, well, I wanted to have you on because you don't read a lot. I don't. I actually never read for pleasure. (laughs) So this was a big deal that I read this book. Yeah. So I'm always encouraging my friends to read. So anything that will get my friends to read, I'm like, yay, here, I read this book. Yeah. So so, um, this is one of those books that we kind of was a default pick for the book club uh, for those of you who have been listening, know that we focus on books that are written um, by women and authors of color and basically anyone who's not a straight white male. And um, trying to keep out of Star Wars books because we read those for you know the podcast and the blog anyway. But in this case, it was a Star Wars book written by a female author about a female character. So it kind of... It made sense. Yeah, (laughs) same with Bloodline. It was kind of like, yeah, we're going to be talking about this book. Right. So before we go on any further, let's delve into the plot summary that was provided by the publisher. And then we can talk about whether or not it's accurate. (laughs) Because those are always not accurate. Um, Ahsoka Tano, fan favorite character from Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, will be the star of her very her own young adult novel from Luke, Disney Lucasfilm Press. Fans have long wondered what happened to Ahsoka after she left the Jedi Order near the end of The Clone Wars, and before she reappeared as the mysterious rebel operative Fulcrum in Rebels. Finally, her story will begin to be told. Following her experiences with the Jedi and the devastation of Order 66, Ahsoka is unsure she can be a part of a larger whole ever again, but her desire to fight the evils of the Empire and protect those who need it will lead her right to Bail Organa and the Rebel Alliance. So, um, I was looking forward to this book mainly to sort of fill in the gaps. It was announced the day after... Um, this uh, fire across the galaxy, where oh, yeah, where she came back to. No, actually, it wasn't. It was announced the day after Twilight of the Apprentice. That's what it was. Yeah, I forgot when it had been announced, and I almost thought for a minute that it was announced at Celebration London. Yeah, but that's when they released the cover art, or I at least think an idea so, of the yeah. cover art. I knew something was released there. And I was thinking about this this the other day, and I was like, I don't even remember when they announced this book, but I feel like I've been waiting forever for it to come out. Yeah. And um, it so we first knew that Ahsoka had been, you know, involved in the Rebel Alliance at the end of season one of Rebels. 
And that was a uh, fire across the galaxy when she was revealed as Fulcrum. Uh, we saw her throughout the next season of Rebels, and uh, she had her fateful confrontation with Vader at the end. The day after they announced this book, and everyone was really excited to see how she got from Clone Wars to Rebels. Um, and this book does cover how that happened, but... Uh, as we were talking about beforehand, I I felt like it could have covered a lot more time. Mm-hmm. Um, but just initial reactions to the book. What were your initial thoughts? After I first read it, I was very emotional because it, it touched upon a lot of things that related to me at the time. And I just liked Ahsoka and her role in the book and how she dealt with things. And I also really liked a lot of the characters that we already know that they brought Mm -hmm. into the book. Um, But when I read it a second time, I I realized that the first half was a little slow. Mm -hmm. And I liked the second half of the book a lot more than the first half. So initial reactions was like, oh my God, I love this. This is the best book ever. And then when I read it again, I was like, well, it's great. But I think it's the second half of the book where I really, really love it. And the first half, I'm just like, eh. Yeah. It gets us to where we need to be. But it's one of those books that leaves you wanting more. Um, and that can both be a good and a bad thing. Um, you know, obviously it's a good thing because you want to know more about Ahsoka and her character, but right. it becomes a bad thing when you feel like the book didn't do as much as it could be. Um, in some cases, I I don't think that's true. In other cases, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly, I it's this book isn't a set in a time period I really like. I mean, it's it's okay. Like I I will read stories in the dark times, you know, mm-hmm. especially if they're involving certain characters like Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, the the prequel era stuff, the the in between trilogies is usually not my wheelhouse. So I came to the book with that mindset, you know, where I you know I knew it wasn't going to be like the greatest book ever for me. Right. But you know, I still well, Luke's not in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but Leia was. Yep. Yep. She was. I think this book would have been a little more interesting if they had started it earlier than they did. Mm-hmm. Like if they had started it pretty much right after she left the Jedi Order and picked yeah. up there, because you know there were Clone Wars episodes written after that and we've seen clips of them that are that were not finished right. but it would it would have been interesting i think if they had taken some of those stories and given us that and then told a little bit about what happened after order 66 but maybe sped it up a little mm-hmm. because in the book that took a while yeah um and i want to know like what was she doing right when she left the jedi order like right. how the heck did she deal with that where did she go like, I want to know that of, story, too. It's kind of like the whole Ventress thing of what she was doing after she kind of broke ties with the Sith and right. Dooku. Um, you know, and we got a little bit of that in Dark Disciple. Um, and we she was also on Clone Wars as right. a bounty hunter. So mm-hmm. it would have been really cool to see Ahsoka trying to, you know, deal with being a normal member of society right like immediately after she left because it was such a shock i'm sure and like super hard getting to live a normal life yeah and the little bits we got of what happened to her during order 66 i'm like i want to read that story like Mm -hmm. her during order 66 yeah and i have a feeling like that whole siege of mandalore and her and rex 
surviving and faking yeah. their deaths and separating is has to be told in either a book form or some other media because it's just why why would you tease us with that and then right. not tell us the story right i want more comic series with stories like this i'm not really the biggest comic reader but yeah. i'm a very visual person and i want to see a lot of these situations illustrated mm-hmm. and i think it would be interesting if they did some of these timelines with ahsoka some of these areas that we haven't seen in a comic series i just think it would work well i agree i i think this story was a good story to um tell in a book form Mm -hmm. i think something like siege of mandalore and ahsoka's adventures after leaving the jedi order is something that would be very well suited for a a comic right or an animated movie directed by dave filoni honestly an ahsoka movie or just a movie during that time period with several characters would be amazing yeah so there were a lot of characters in this book some that we knew before obviously and then new ones as Mm -hmm. well Uh, Ahsoka, obviously, is the main character, and we get most of the story told from her point of view. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the biggest um, successes of this book is uh, E.K. Johnson's portrayal of Ahsoka. I thought she was really well written. She was... um, It was very accurate. It was, yeah. There was, you know, a lot of sadness to her. Um, and I know the author has said she, you know, tried to research PTSD and see, you know, figure out how someone with Ahsoka's background would react to, um, you know, being, living after a war and having to deal with all the things she dealt with. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, she wasn't, she didn't seem always morose, you know, like she, she was a little cold sometimes. She was a little cold, but she was also like, she seemed like, you know, there were times when she made jokes and mm-hmm. she, you know, just see, she was always seemed positive. Right. And that's how she always was in the show. Right. You know? Like she would, you know, she was sad, obviously, but she did, it didn't change that that particular yeah. part of Ahsoka was never like the Debbie Downer kind of character. Yeah. She was always like, okay, <laughs> she, Sky Guy, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And she never, and she didn't brood or anything, but it right. was very clear that she had been affected by what happened. Yeah. Um, and we got a lot of other new characters that Ahsoka interacted with. The main one being Caden Lart. And she's um, the girl that she meets on uh, Rada. And kind of um, meets her like the first day. They kind of become friends. Um, and then she ends up sort of leading them in a rebellion against the Empire that gets them all yeah. really big trouble. Um, yeah. And I thought Kanan was a good character. I liked that she was another young girl for Ahsoka to interact with. Um this book passes the Bechtel test many times over, which yeah. is very good between her and Caden and Caden and her sister. Um, and I thought it was really cute that she obviously had a crush on Ahsoka. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was kind of hoping that they would go there, but at the same time, I knew they wouldn't. But... Right. Right. <laughs> but I liked the end when she's like, I could kiss you. And Ahsoka's like, oh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay yeah (laughs) 
And I was like, I'm like, well, I liked that they at least were obvious about Caden yeah. being into Ahsoka. Um, Ahsoka was a little oblivious. Yeah. She was like, like all uh, right. Uh, now's not the time for that, but thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, and I liked all the other characters on Rada. I feel like, um, I know, like, one of the characters they were trying to set up to be a mentor towards Ahsoka, um, Zelda, the mm-hmm. person who owned the cantina. But I would have liked more of that, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I did like that she kind of, you know, made friends and. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, she needed to because, yeah. I mean, when you're around people every day when she was a Jedi and then all of a sudden, like, having nobody, you kind of need people to be there. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's something that, man, you think about Yoda and Obi Wan, like, in total. Like yeah. Yoda especially exile, was like, in total exile. No one near him. He and- was talking to bugs, <laughs> <laughs> snakes. Yeah, it's like uh, this is you know. Hey, what are you doing, snake? <laughs> yeah, no reply. Okay. No, no wonder when Luke got there, he was crazy. Yeah. Um. So the other one of the other characters we meet on Rada is Jenneth Pilar, who is the Imperial kind of bureaucrat accountant guy. Um. I was really excited when they introduced this character because we don't usually get these sorts of perspectives. Yeah. Like, the bad guy's a bureaucrat. Oh, how dangerous. Yeah. Um, And I was hoping to see more of him as far as, like, figuring things out, like, with math and, like, science and that sort of thing. But um, he his character kind of went nowhere, like... He there he was there and figured out something was going on and then it just kind of Yeah. Kind he of, just stepped aside for the other antagonist and Yeah, it kind of fizzled. I would have liked to see more of the antagonists working together. Yeah. Um, you know, right now I'm reading the Thrawn trilogy for our other podcast book club and one of the things I like about that is how the villains are forced to work together even though they hate each other. Oh. Um and I would have liked to see that. Um, another um, another person that Ahsoka kind of gets close to is Hadala Farty, who is the little girl on the first planet that I totally m- blanked on the name of. Um, that was it, Bethesda or no, Bethesda is Maryland. It sound it sounds something like that. The funny thing about the Farty girl is yeah. her last name is. Farty. <laughs> and I just did a podcast with somebody else who had read this book and we were both listening to the audiobook at the same time. And when you hear Farty mm-hmm. every few minutes, you just want to laugh. Like <laughs> the the five year old in me is like Farty, Farty, Farty. <laughs> like, it's so funny to me that they named a character that. <laughs> like why why couldn't they name her like Farden or Farda or I don't know Farty. Yeah. <laughs> well, think about that, guys. I, I, I found the the planet name. It's Thapes Thabesga, but I want to call it Bethesda. Yeah, <laughs> like Maryland. Yeah. Um, but they were kind of the family that helped Ahsoka, and uh, it's what the youngest daughter Hadala is. Force sensitive, and Ahsoka can tell that early on. Yeah. Um. I I was kind of really, I didn't understand why she left the the Pesca to begin with. Like she starts off there. It's Empire Day, like one year after the Empire forming, and then she just leaves. Um. And 
you know, I guess it's implied that she worries about putting them in danger or that, you know, the Empire being there and wants to escape. But I never really got a clear sense of why she left in the first place. Right. Maybe she didn't want to leave her tracks in one place too long in case. Yeah. I don't know. I get like I would I guess I would have liked more of that insight to her like like explained. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I really liked um I liked when Ahsoka came back um and wanted to make sure that Hadala was okay and Hadala talked about the shadow. Yeah. And um like she basically kind of gave her a little like lesson in how to hide yourself yeah. without not being able to tell her exactly like right. what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it made me sad because I keep thinking like as Ahsoka gets more involved in the rebellion and works more with Bail Organa, does she realize about Leia and have some of these conversations with her? Yeah. Uh, and it just hurts my heart to think of like Ahsoka Aww. like talking to little Leia and like yeah. Bail <gasps> watching this happen Ahsoka. <laughs> and thinking like you were her birth father's Padawan and oh she God. can't know that and you can't ever know that. That is horrible. Right? <laughs> I don't want to think about that. Star Wars is horrible. <laughs> um, but that leads us into Ugh. the other main hero of the book bail organa and he is amazing and i want him to be in more books i know Um, i love him i just love him so much yeah um well he'll be in rogue one right that's what they say i i don't know yeah probably for a little bit at least um but yeah i i love bail organa i i think one of one of my biggest problems with the prequels is that they didn't use him enough yeah um, he didn't show up until Attack of the Clones, and he wasn't a big role. And, and then, then he was just thrown in at the end, like, here. And yeah. Well, I loved him in, in Revenge of the Sith, and I wish he had been that, that had that role throughout. Yeah. And I like that Clone Wars had him more with um, Padme to mm-hmm. kind of show their relationship. Yeah. So that it makes sense as to why they would give him well, one yeah. of Padme's children. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I guess, yeah, sure, we'll just give you this child kind of a big deal <laughs> but it, like i it, when you see their relationship and that they were colleagues that she would probably like for that to happen right. you know and we got to see his wife a little yeah. bit in this which was nice because in the movie it's like oh yeah she's there <laughs> yeah okay hold the baby okay and cut <laughs> yeah i like breha is one of those characters that fandom as a whole just wants to know more about yeah because she's the queen of Alderaan. She's in control. And she raised Leia. Yeah. So, because Bale was off on Coruscant a lot. And yeah. so she's gotta be a freaking badass because yeah. hello, look at Leia. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, be, uh, you know, I I feel bad that we never get enough of her. Um I loved the little glimpse of Leia that we got yeah. her looking at the fish. Uh. And I'm like, oh, you're so cute. Yeah. <laughs> I wanna see more fan art after people read this book because when i first read it i pictured so many scenes and that was one of them yeah and whenever ahsoka was reunited with r2d2 i was like oh i want fan art because i want to visualize this even better yeah so i hope more people i haven't seen hardly anything actually but i hope more people um post stuff because this book it has a lot of good opportunities for that yeah i um i just love like leia 
early early stories mm-hmm. and anytime we get to see any sort of glimpse of that i really appreciate it and i hope we'll eventually get to see more of her um you know maybe a book about her as yeah. a young senator or have her show up on rebels more like yeah. i know i know they want to keep away from that because it's you know it's the ghost crew story mm-hmm. but i would love to see her pop up again on the show because I the episode she was on was kind of eh for me. Yeah. Um, but I love the idea that she's going off on all these mercy missions. Right. And um She needs another like two or three little pop ups in the show. Yeah. Just to keep things going. Yeah, especially now that Fulcrum is gone. Yeah. You know, I won't bet she probably steps up after that and takes up one of the Fulcrum roles. Yeah. Um so the other antagonist that ends up becoming the main antagonist is the sixth brother who is the shadow that Hadala Farty feels Farty. in Farty. <laughs> Let's just call her Hadala. Okay. <laughs> so she um so he basically is it looking for for sensitive kids, you know, and it it kind of gives us an idea that A, the Inquisitor started really early on after uh, the, after the Empire was formed mm-hmm. um, that they started using the Inquisitors right away, which makes sense because, you know, we know that they were formed to hunt down the Jedi. So, you know, probably they were, you know, Palpatine recruited them to go hunt down the Jedi with Vader, and then once most of the Jedi were killed, they ended up looking for just Force-sensitive kids right. to either kill or use for their own purposes yeah which is really sad yeah <laughs> um i want to know like how long these inquisitors were trained to go yeah. up against jedi i mean that's not something you can just recruit somebody like hey go kill these jedi yeah. for me like no you've got to train for a while to and, do that and get to know them like inside their head and that's yeah and that's a good point because we know that the grand inquisitor was a temple guard. Yeah. Um, who are these other people? Where do they come from? Yeah, <laughs> and it makes sense that they don't know who that they wouldn't recognize. Right. A temple guard because right. they're you know they're masked. Mm-hmm. But the other you know other inquisitors, you would think that if they were former Jedi, they would notice. They would know who they were because they're so few former. Je- there's so few right. Jedi. You right. know, even if there's like thousands of them, that's you know you'd still probably know. Right. Who they were. Yeah. Um, or so, you'd recognize a face at least. Yeah. <laughs> so I definitely want to know where they come from. And as as we get more towards the A New Hope time frame, you think, yeah, they're probably ones that Palpatine recruited very young. Mm-hmm. Like Hadala, Hadala is, pro- like, is probably the age where they would take her and right. turn her into an, an Inquisitor eventually. Yeah. Um, you know, around the time of rebels right but at this time you know this is so soon you're wondering hey where'd the sixth brother come from right like was this during like clone wars yeah were they training them separately like yeah what did did um did palpatine want maul to become an inquisitor and Mm -hmm. he was like no and then that's why he ended up the way he ended up um because he said, you know, after their big fight, he's like, I have plans for you. Yeah, he has bigger stuff in store for him, basically. Yeah, so, yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, but he was a, he was an okay, you know, villain. He's kind of a stereotypical... He's an Inquisitor. I mean, dark, they're dark kind of all side same. guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and um, 
I, I think I just would have liked to see more of him working with the, um, you know, the actual bureaucratic military side of the empire. And mm-hmm. because it's such a fascinating thing to think about is how Vader works with the military because he's so far outside the command line mm-hmm. and then he's working with people like Tarkin and Krennic yeah. who are and Thrawn yeah. who are you know in the military and it's like all right well we we go by chain of command except when Vader comes in and then it's like Whoop. <laughs> we'll do what you say yeah <laughs> yeah so um so those are basically the main characters um the plot is kind of we we you know said before it starts off very slow. Ahsoka leaves the Bezka, um, and goes ends up on Rada. Uh, she ends up becoming an acquaintance with a bunch of the farmers there, including Caden and her sister. Um, and then the Empire arrives. Bum, bum, bum. And the Empire arrives because Jenneth Pilar, the bureaucrat guy, realizes that they can produce a bunch of the crops and so they basically come in occupy the planet force the people to work all the time and basically you know run their planet dry Mm -hmm. you know once they harvest the crops they're not gonna be able to use the the soil again right and showing like the trip one of the things i think this book did a good job was showing like the oppression of the empire Mm -hmm. from an early time because even in the original trilogy, we're not seeing it from the ground. Like, we're told the Empire is evil, and yes, they blow up a planet, but we're not seeing, like, the ordinary citizens. Yeah, and this kind of helped give that perspective. And I think we're going to see a lot of that in Rogue One. Yes. Which is good, because this kind of goes in the same timeline, and yeah. it's coming out around the same time. I mean, this is October 11th, and then Rogue One is December 16th. So mm-hmm. I like that, because like you said, we don't really see a lot of that. It's just... And we get that in Rebels a lot, too. Yeah. With Lethal and then uh, Garel as well. But you see, like, in, um, if you've ever... If anyone has read the Servants of the Empire books by Jason Fry, which you should, because they're amazing, um, that takes place on Lethal, and you see from those characters' perspectives what the empire is doing to the planet and it makes it a lot more interesting to watch rebels and see uh governor price uh because she was the governor of the fall and basically threw her planet to the empire in order to go up the ranks so that's crazy yeah i love it (laughs) (laughs) um i think that's what this book was missing a governor price type character yeah she's so cool she is cool (laughs) she is cool um so yeah i kind of it started off kind of slow once the empire sort of arrived and started taking over the planet and you get sort of the beginnings of that they're going to rebel Mm -hmm. i thought it got a lot more interesting um and it got more action-packed like yeah Things started blowing up when people started dying. When that stuff started <laughs> happening, I was like, okay, yeah. here we go. I did think this book suffered from something that a lot of YA and Bill grade books do in that, that it's, the action seems too easy, you know, like mm-hmm. where Ahsoka was escaping like all the stormtroopers and trying to get in and out of like the main complex. Mm-hmm. It's like... And I had this problem with the Clone Wars, too, is that she seems so easy for them to get in and, and escape capture and all that. And yeah. I'm like, I get that you're Jedi, but, but when you're one person against, like, 50 stormtroopers, yeah. like, 
it's gonna be my a excuse bit. is they have limited vision so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's true but still like you know it's it, if you have a more um like an adult novel you a lot of times they go into more in more depth of everything bad that could happen going bad and yeah. this one is kind of like Ahsoka walked in and rescued Kaden. Save the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I th- really I got really interested in the book once she met with Bale, or oh. once once Bale showed up. I was like, yes, yeah, no, she's gonna get with the rebellion. Um, I did really like that they sent he sent like people to go get her, and she kind of like attacked them yeah she's like well like i'm sorry but you you expect you try to kidnap me i'm gonna fight back and bale's like yeah yeah true yeah my bad (laughs) fair (laughs) um but they eventually hook up and the scene where she meets r2 is so cute gosh and i i was telling you this earlier i listened to the audiobook and ashley eckstein's favorite character in star wars is r2d2 and when she was reading the scene it actually sounded like she was about to break down and cry because, Aww. like, she's basically Ahsoka, yeah, being reunited with R two D two, and that scene in the audiobook was really good. Like, she really put all the emotion in there that was written, and even yeah. more because she's personally attached to this character too. So that scene, like, when I first read it. I was like, oh, this is so sweet. I love it. And then when I heard it in the audiobook, I was like, oh, I need to go find a tissue. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is a lot to handle. Aww. Yeah, yeah. I, I really liked that. I liked that little, you know, cameo and it made yeah. sense. And I'm glad that they like, you know, remember that she's like, you know, super close to R2. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that he remembered her and, you know. And she's like, oh, they didn't wipe your memory. Yeah. Um. Then she kind of starts doing all these missions um and it, it turns out that the farties are actually <laughs> you're laughing again i'll say far d <laughs> the far d's are actually kind of ma- having their own little proto rebellion as well yeah. which i thought was kind of interesting like she thought she was getting them into trouble and they thought they were getting her into trouble yeah um it kind of like shows how the rebellion kind of grew on different planets mm-hmm. and throughout the years. And that um, one of the things I hope we end up seeing more in Rebels is the actual formation of the Rebel Alliance. Because yeah. right now it's just all the Rebel cells working together. Right. But they haven't really had a declaration of the rebellion. And in Legends, that was actually a that, you know, that was a event that happened in legends the um the declaration of the rebellion you you can actually look it up and it was like mon mothma and admiral akbar and bail organa and um garmbel iblis who was a a legends character um they kind of the four of them got together and united all their like different rebellions yeah uh, like uh, Bell Iblis was from Corellia and mon mothma was from changilla bail was from alderaan obviously and Akbar from Mon Calamari, and they kind of all, that was when they all got like, that was when the Rebel Alliance was formed. Yeah, we need a new version of that. Yeah, and they kind of had that in um, uh, The Force Unleashed. I know that they kind of did a different story of that. Um, I... uh, That's not canon anymore, right? It's not, no. I I didn't like that. I liked the other version. Um, But there's a picture 
in the Essential Guide to Warfare by Jason Fry, which is Ib- mm-hmm. Bill Iblis, Ma Mothma, Akbar, and Bail Organa looking at the uh, like schematic for the X-wing. Mm. Um, because in Legends, the X-wing was built for the Empire, and they stole the <gasps> schematics from Incom. Oh. Um, they because uh, they had you know some of the scientists were sympathetic to the rebellion so they ended up stealing the schematics and building the i didn't know that yeah that's awesome so so i like that's i uh one of the features we had on our blog for a while and we still do it from time to time is blank needs to be in rebels and that was one of the things i did was like that picture i want to see and i know i know bell iblis won't won't be in it now but at least the three of them, or maybe including like Saw Gerrera or someone right, right. from a new a new character. Yeah, but um, yeah, I definitely hope they do that. And uh, I know that um, at Dragon Con, some people asked Henry Gilroy about like ships. Are we going to see some more ships in Rebels? Oh. Or will we see? Since we're getting Wedge, are we going to see X Wings? And he was kind of like really coy. He's like, oh. I think we'll be happy. So if we Ooh. ever if we <laughs> ever get the episode where they do. The stealing the X-wing plans, Your mind like will be I will die. Like, <laughs> it will be like the Antilles extraction, but oh man, even better. <laughs> that was great, and that was a tangent. But that's what we do on the show. <laughs> um, is we go into tangents, but um, yeah. So I think, and I I've read this elsewhere online that people kind of thought the book started slow, um, got better as it went on. I think most of the main um things I've criticisms is that they want wanted it to either cover like it was it was a smaller scale book which it which is fine Mm -hmm. but a lot of the beginning could have been cut or sped up and unfortunately i think for casual fans if they were to read this book they might kind of give up in the first half my mom actually did that i i gave her the book after i read it and i was like oh you should read this you'd love it you know and she she reads all the time and she got about i think maybe a fourth into it and she's like i can't keep going i'm like (laughs) but you have to it gets so good yeah but unfortunately i think just because of the pacing in the beginning it might lose people yeah but it gets better. Um, it does. It does. I just, I, I kind of wish it had covered more. Like, I really wanted to see Ahsoka, like we said, after she left the Jedi Order. That would be During so During Order 66. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's, it needs to either be a series of books or one super long book. Like, um, like Darth Plagueis. Yeah. From Legends was a like covered such a long period of time right um like decades and that book wasn't it wasn't that long though no like it it covered a lot of time in a shorter way and that's what i think like this book is um you know covered a short time in ahsoka's life and therefore a lot of the parts seemed like filler yeah um whereas if it had been you know showing her during order 66 and then you jump to a few years later and then you jump to when like and then she starts taking on all the missions Mm -hmm. and then you jump to like a few years later after she's come into you know bail organa has realized what she's doing and tries to recruit her you know i don't really care to know about the little boring stuff in between i mean i guess it's okay but that's just not really my cup of tea i need more yeah action-packed like important yeah. Points in her story. I mean, some of it's, I mean, I appreciate character moments, definitely, mm-hmm. but, um, like, some of it seemed really like it didn't end up, mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, contributing to the plot. And, right. you know, character moments are great, but they need to speed you towards the end. Yeah. And the book I, I'm, I'm just finishing up now does such a good job at that. There's so many scenes where the characters are just sitting around talking and you think, oh, it's just, you know, them talking about stuff that happened and nothing is really happening now. But then it comes back and you're like, oh, that was really important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this book does have a lot of contributions to Star Wars canon in general. Mm-hmm. Um, basically starting right off with the Siege of Mandalore flashbacks, which we've heard Dave Filoni talk about at Celebration. Um, and you were at the Ahsoka panel. And I was. what did he talk about Siege of Mandalore there? I have the most horrible memory. <laughs> and I only remember pictures. So I'm not going to be well, able that's, to pictures are fine. a lot of... Trying to think. Let me think about that for a second. Um, I know. Well, well, mainly that Darth Maul was there. I think that was the you know main thing that we learned. That I don't remember that being covered a lot in the panel. Really, honestly, I could be wrong. I mm. literally have the worst <laughs> memory. Ever. Well, he did. He was in the book for just a little bit. And we, you know, Ahsoka and him fought, Mm -hmm. which we got allusions to in Twilight of the Apprentice. Um, Again, why they thought they could trust him is beyond me after (sighs) this. Yeah. (laughs) But um, so that that's one of the things is the Siege of Mandalore flashbacks. And that leads to what happened to Rex and Ahsoka during Order 66. And God, like that would just be such a good story like give us a comic series yeah. please if you're listening and you have power give us this because <laughs> yeah, she keeps talking about how she you know buried her lightsabers yeah. so that people would think they were dead and they buried his armor so that they yeah. would think he was dead oh my god um, so that was that was that was an interesting bit to the canon um then we learn how she got her lightsabers her new lightsabers yeah. which basically she like kept all these little pieces yeah like she bits collected and bobs, pieces like and then forever. she turned them into a lightsaber which i don't know how that works <laughs> lightsaber <laughs> construction is really weird um and she f- fights the inquisitor at the end which was a cool fight mm-hmm. um again a little it seemed a little too easy but then again knowing ahsoka has been trained for so long, yeah. it makes me wonder, like, where did this guy get his training? Because right. she whooped his butt. Right. <laughs> um, but that was fun to listen to in the audiobook, for really? sure. Yeah. Cool. I like that part a lot. But she basically took the crystals from his lightsabers and put them in hers, and they turned white, white which yeah. is kind of weird. Like, I don't understand how that whole, like, bleed thing works. And I thought that was awesome. Yeah. When I read that, I was like, oh, Oh. It's so different from what we've seen in canon yeah. because, like, even in the that youngling arc of the uh, Clone Wars, mm-hmm. you know, they find their crystals and then they it's kind of like the color that you know when they when they build their lightsabers. So mm-hmm. it seems it's so odd that this you know the I guess the Sith crystals are like a different they're they're synthetic or s- compressed or a certain way. Like mm-hmm. I don't. This is the stuff I just kind of like that goes over my head and I'm like, I am way less concerned about kyber crystals and lightsaber yeah. construction than than X-Wings. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I don't really care to know like 
why that happens, but yeah. when it happened, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah. I'm glad they put that detail in there. And yeah. maybe eventually they'll explain that in a different way. Yeah. And I did like that um, they discussed the um, her going to Ilum. Like, initially, mm-hmm. she wanted to go to Ilum to get a crystal, but she couldn't go there because the Empire was, was there. there yeah. And I'm like... And they had destroyed parts of it. Yeah. And it's like... Oh, what is the Empire doing on Ilum? Mm-hmm. I wonder why. <laughs> why? Um, there's so many theories going on about Starkiller Base and Ilum. Mm. Um, and they haven't officially, like, they haven't said anything about oh. what happened to Ilum. Yeah. And also what Starkiller Base is. But I know there was a map that came ar- out around the time of Force Awakens. And it shows Starkiller Base is basically where Ilum would be. And oh, Ilum man. is no longer on the map. Ooh. So a lot of people think that Ilum became I have not Star picked Killer up on Base. that, yeah. but I like that. That Ilum, that Ilum oh. became Starkiller Base. Because it's that basically... They're, they're kind of basically implying that the Kyber Crystals are what right. power the Death Star. Right. Um, and I'm sure we'll get more of that in Catalyst. Because mm-hmm. Catalyst is all about the d- design of the super laser, I'm guessing. Right. Um, but... And we're going to see that probably in um, Rogue One as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was the episode of um, Rebels where they were um, trying to get the shipment of Kyber crystals. They yeah, they're kind of. So yeah, it's um, that that was a really interesting thing, and I I think that's that's a really cool part of Star Wars lore that they're exploring now. Yeah, because that's something that for me personally, it could be glossed over, and I would never think about like, oh, how does this? How does this happened but yeah. when they address it i'm like oh i do actually want to know about this i just didn't realize it yeah <laughs> and we as we, we talked a little earlier about the inquisitors acting early on and um you know just seeing more of how they worked um you know i i i'd like to see more of the inquisitors and do they get replaced when they die yeah do they just add them on they're like okay well now we'll have the 11th brother and now we'll have and the like 12th. how long has the longest one lived because we're, f- right. we're up to six and seven now yeah that means a quite a bit have died well who is so there was the fifth brother uh-huh and the seventh sister right and then this was the sixth brother sixth brother and we and the eighth brother was the guy who died with the ruffle copter he, he didn't last very long at all <laughs> yeah it was like wham bam dead <laughs> yeah so it's like yeah i'm wondering what what happened to the first and the second and, and the third and the fourth and that's why i want to know like how are these people trained and how long are they training because some of them seem pretty good and who are they yeah and then some of them are just like they have no strength at all yeah. it seems like and no idea of what they're doing yeah what uh, the heck <laughs> yeah pipe dream is for Mara J to show up as one of them but it's never oh, gonna dang. happen <laughs> people would really die from that I mean you saw how people reacted to Thrawn <laughs> I was in the room when that was announced and I thought my ears were going to burst yeah. from the screaming and then my mom was sitting two rows away from me and when we got out of the theater she was like who's that Thrawn guy? And I was like, where have you been living? Because... Ask Nancy. She'll tell you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Nancy, I I literally said, I think I I said, that's like Nancy's, one of her favorite characters. She knows everything about him. I'll tell you the basics, but she knows everything. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I, um, I think overall, I enjoyed the book. I had issues with the pacing and, um, you know, some of the plot 
But like, I can't say I didn't enjoy it. You know, I thought it, you know, I enjoyed the book when I read it. And if you like Ahsoka, it's it's going to be hard to at least dislike the book. You'll what, love the book if yeah. you love Ahsoka. Honestly. Yeah. If you and especially if you love Clone Wars and Rebels, like I've seen mm-hmm. so many people who are like in, just in love with the book. And you know, while it's not like my favorite part of Star Wars, I I'm really happy to see like so many people connect with Ahsoka and her yeah. become such a favorite character. Yeah. Um. Especially Pablo Hidalgo tweeted something oh, really yeah. good that. Um, he wanted to go back in time to like 2009 and tell all the people who hated Ahsoka that in seven years, sh- a book about the- her would be number one in the New York Times bestseller I list. I love that tweet. And and to be honest, I was one of the people back then that didn't like Ahsoka. I yeah. hated Ahsoka <laughs> very profusely until probably the second time I watched when she left the Jedi Order, and I definitely liked her a lot more when she showed up in Rebels, but I was one of those people that just didn't like her. I felt like she was too immature. I thought she was too whiny. Yeah. And then now that we've seen her grow up and become like super mature and wise and powerful, and it just gives her story so much, so much strength. And this book really added to that. And so like, even if you're not the biggest Ahsoka fan, like I'm, I'm still not her number one fan, but I can really, really appreciate what they've done with her story. And I love seeing characters that start yeah. one way and end up a completely different way. Like Ventress, you know, we were talking about that a little bit earlier. She started out um, as bad guy and then she was like a bounty hunter. And I just like seeing characters like that who change mm-hmm. so much in Ahsoka changed a lot yeah so yeah i i love that tweet that pablo did yeah that was perfect yeah i really love that characters are getting a you know a, they're getting explored in all different kinds of media yeah and um you know it's it might not be like super like what i'm into but like i'm really glad that people are getting a book about a character they really like and i hope we get more books and comics about ahsoka me too i you know, I've I've been very adamant that I really think she needs to die. Um, I I was kind of miffed that Twilight of the Apprentice didn't commit to outright killing her, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of get annoyed that they go back and they're like, "Well, the fans really want her to show yeah. up again, so we're because I just like, you know, I hate when they fridge female characters and I hate when they kill them for no reason." But this is a, I feel like this Ahsoka is, a situation. is so different, though. She yeah. is she is one of a kind, and she means so much yeah. to so many people. And like, I loved that she came back in the beginning of Rebels, right? Be- mostly because I love the idea that she was working for the Rebellion. Like I thought that was great. But once like she came on Vader's radar, I'm like, she needs it, she needs it, to die. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that's it's the only way to end her story and his story. Like because the idea of her sitting out the rebellion is not what she would do you know yeah she wouldn't be able to watch luke skywalker anakin's son yeah go off and fight all by himself like yeah that and it's it's so wrong to even like you know i guess you can make the argument about kanan and ezra surviving um and not us not seeing them Mm -hmm. but for Ahsoka to have that personal connection to Anakin and not be involved in his son is yeah. just 
Like, it doesn't make any sense. Right. It's, it's not good for who she is. Right. You know? I agree. And her, like, facing off against Vader and sacrificing herself for, you know, Kanan and Ezra to survive, like, that's the sort of last stand that Ahsoka deserved as a character. And, like, yeah. that I wish Padme had gotten, you know? Padme stood up to Anakin, but then, you know, oh, she lost the will to live. Like, yeah. if she had had a last stand and, like, no, I cannot let you do this. I have so many problems with Padme, <laughs> so we're not even going to get started on that. But I agree. I agree. Yeah, like, I thought... But, you know, the point is, is that, you know, while I, you know, think sh- her story needs to end in Rebels, like, I don't want her story to end completely. Like, mm-hmm. I want them to go back and fill in the time of right. what she was doing. Yeah, and especially, I, like we've said, yeah. right after she left the Jedi Order. Right. Like, that needs to be addressed because those have got to be, like, the hardest times. And yeah. that's why I like Star Wars so much is because you can relate to it at any time in your life. And that would be a cool part of her life to be able to relate to is, like, when you're at literally rock bottom what do you do and it's like what would ahsoka do you know right and i think like the thing about saying that she needs to die is because i feel like her character deserves a concrete ending Mm -hmm. you know like there's certain characters there's certain characters we have no idea what happened to them Mm -hmm. um and in canon and you kind of just like forget about them and you're like and eh, they're not super important but you don't forget ahsoka <laughs> but you like yeah she's she was anakin skywalker's padawan like mm-hmm. she has to have an end like you have to know we can't just say and she left the jedi order and then she fought vader and we kind of saw we her walk through don't something. know if she's dead or not well like, they're obviously going to bring her back in some way but i hope whenever that's addressed again they'll give her a concrete ending yeah the ending she deserves and yeah i i can see them kind of using that as the whole like um her being one more bridge to the force ghost immortality that you know we see qui-gon is the first jedi we see we hear you know after death um and then obi-wan is the person who you know you know basically becomes force ghost for the first time if she's kind of like a bridge between that oh yeah where she can't like come back all the time Mm -hmm. but maybe there's like certain times you can see her and talk to her Um, but i like that yeah kind of half and half but that part in the book whenever qui-gon spoke to obi-wan was my favorite part of the book yeah it was yeah just side note yeah it made me cry <laughs> yeah and i guess i mean if you think about it you know them including that scene with obi-wan like would kind of lead into the whole deal that ahsoka kind of learns to transcend mm-hmm. death in some way or even she doesn't learn like she had that experience in mortis and maybe that right ends up keeping her spirit alive for mm-hmm. somehow so much mystery it is so much mystery <laughs> So any last thoughts on Ahsoka? I would say if you're a big Ahsoka fan, definitely read it. If you're a semi-Ahsoka fan, give it a shot. And yeah. like, don't give up if you feel like it's slow at the beginning because it really does speed up and I think you'll love the ending. Yeah. I am really glad that they're, that they, you know, dedicated a book to her, that they are, that they've put so much care into a female character, mm-hmm. you know? 
the basically the first female Jedi that is a main character yeah. and that she's become such a fan favorite. And, you know, I do hope we see more of her story. There's just so much more they could tell. And I hope, you know, this book being number one of the bestseller list tells them that they can write a bunch of books about other yeah. characters like her. I think that's one thing that Ahsoka has really shown not only the Star Wars fan community, but the creators of Star Wars is that a female character can be super successful, yeah. not just with women, but with everyone. Yeah. Like every single person, men, women, doesn't matter what age you are. And it's not just the fact that she's a female character, but that she's a character that's not She's in a good the character. <laughs> and then she's, she's a character that's not in the movies. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, you know, I, I remember talking about Clone Wars and that originally they wanted that to be like Plo Koon mm-hmm. who's in the movies but he's not a main character and Ahsoka and characters we don't really follow mm-hmm. and then um, and then it became you know Obi-Wan and Anakin were in it um, and I would have loved to see the Clone Wars from a different perspective mm-hmm. um, Rebels is basically that you know yeah. these, these aren't characters we've met before they're all new um, they all have different backgrounds and people too. love love them yeah you know and that's i think that's why ahsoka fit in so well with them is because yeah you know we know her before but she's not a movie character right you know but these characters feel so important mm-hmm. even though they're not characters we met before and i like that they're also different and have different backgrounds because when you explore characters in the clone wars they're typically grouped in similar categories like you right. have the jedi then you have the mandalorians and then you have whatever you know clones the, politicians and the bounty hunters yeah and and in certain episodes they're grouped up in their little groups so you don't really get to delve into a different array of people and that's what i really like about rebels is that everybody's different you have jedi you have pilots you have mm-hmm. zeb who's like the muscle and sabine is artistic but also honor guard <laughs> yeah true and then you've got, you know, Sabine, who's a Mandalorian. And I just like how they're all so different. And then when you bring Ahsoka into that group, and she's a Jedi as well, but she has, well, she was a Jedi. And now she's just got so much experience under her belt. Yeah. I like that mix. And we've got, you know, Kanan as he had a comic. Um, Kanan and Hera were both in A New Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see, like, those characters can carry mm-hmm. books. And, you know, hopefully we'll get we'll get more stories about them. And, um, you know, I, uh, they just announced a Dr. Aphra comic. And oh, yeah. Dr. Aphra was one of the characters from the Darth Vader comic who kind of broke out. And um, people have been talking about why it's important, uh, even if you don't like that character or know that character, because Marvel has played it very safe in regards to their comics. And mm-hmm. this is like the first comic they've put out that, doesn't star a movie character right right so that's that's kind of a big deal so this is kind of the same thing with ahsoka Mm -hmm. where you know she's she's you know she's not leia um but she does have a lot of recognition and i hope one day they do a movie on a character like that it doesn't need to be ahsoka but i hope they do a movie on a character one day that is Mm -hmm. not seen a whole lot and not really seen in the other movies and I don't really mind if it's live action or animated but to see a, a long full length story about a certain character would be really neat I think and I'm sure they'll have to assess like how the other standalones go and you know the Han Solo movie but one day down the line I really hope they do like 
hello sabine movie that would be awesome <laughs> call me <laughs> i mean i would kill to see a sabine movie i think right. that would be really interesting and as she gets older it would yeah. be neat to follow that into a, a movie kind of story yeah okay tangent over no that's, okay. that's, <laughs> a, that's what we do <laughs> so all right thanks so much for joining me for this discussion savannah thanks for having me enjoyed having you here we have savannah in our in the Tashi Station studio. Yeah. So very, very important. <laughs> and I'm here. I see Mara's snoozing away. Yep. This is what she does during every podcast. I love and you'll it. see as soon as we do the in- I do the outro, she gets up. Oh, she knows. <laughs> yep, what a she smart does. dog. So this episode of the Tashi Station Book Club has been brought to you in part by Her Universe and you, our Patreon subscribers. Please click the links on the blog to help us support the show. You can find us on Twitter with the handles Tashi underscore station, Nancy Pants, that's Nancy with an I, and Savannah, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Savannah underscore Kiefer, and my Facebook page is just facebook.com slash the dorky diva. Cool. And on Facebook, we are the Tashi Station Network. You can subscribe to our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Um, and don't forget to leave a review. It helps us grow the show. You can find our columns and news at Tashi-Station.net and our book club discussions over on Goodreads. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll catch you next time in December to discuss our book for the next two months, which is Radiance by Catherine Valenti. Bye. Bye.